everybody. How you doing? Welcome to episode number 106 of the John Riley Project. This is a podcast all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we're broadcasting, as we always do, from the city and the country, Poway, California. Today is Tuesday, January 21st. 2020, the topic of this podcast today are liars, cheaters, and politicians. And man, there's been a lot of news going on, national news, local news, sports news, all about liars and cheaters and all kinds of crazy things. We're going to kind of talk about some of those issues. We'll break it down. We'll wonder why these people do these sorts of things and talk a little bit about what we should be doing about it and how we should be managing our own lives when all of this scandal is surrounding us. Um, before we get into it, uh, just, hey, first of all, a big shout out to our sponsor, PowwayStore.com. Come on down to Poway Store. They've got T-shirts, mugs, stickers, all with the Poway logo. I know our friends at PowwayStore.com are working on some new shirts, new coffee mug designs. Those are going to be uploaded very shortly. So come on out to PowwayStore.com and get some of your cool Poway Gear. Um, that's one of our sponsors, man. Right on, on for the John Riley Projects. Nice to have a little love from our sponsorship community. Hey, if you're a business, you want to get involved as a sponsor, you know, shout out to me. DM me on Twitter at John Riley Poway. That's my handle. Send me a DM if you want to be a sponsor on this show. We love to talk about your company and your products and services. Well, anyways, um, before we get into this, I just want to give a big shout out also to the San Diego State Aztec basketball team. Holy moly, 19-0. and 0. They're going for win number 20 tonight against Wyoming. You know, the 2010-2011 team with Kawhi Leonard had won 20 in a row to start the season. Uh, so the today's team has a chance to tie the best all-time start for the Aztecs. And I think even if you roll the clock back like five or six years ago, back in the Xavier Thames era, they had a 20-game stretch there in the middle of the season. So the Aztecs are huge favorites tonight against Wyoming. And then they're going to be on the road at UNLV on Sunday. That could be potentially the tie-breaking game. So we'll see how it goes. But love watching the Aztecs. Viejas is going to be full. It's going to be electric. It's going to be exciting. The game's going to be on TV. So can't wait. I think the game starts at 8 o'clock. So really looking forward to that. Um, another thing that I've been um, doing a lot of lately is – you know, when I'm binge watching on Netflix or on Amazon Prime, just really digging a lot of these old Western movies, you know. And uh, last night I saw the movie The Big Country and it starred Gregory Peck and Gene Simmons and Burl Ives and um, who else was in there? Um, uh, what's that guy's name? Connors. Uh, Chuck Connors was in the movie. Um Really cool movie. I really enjoyed it and love the big expanse, love the the whole idea of America in the 19th century when we were settling the land and building cities, building civilization. It's just a fascinating time in human history. But these movies are just spectacular. Um, this movie was partly filmed in Red Rock Canyon State Park, you know, just north of Mojave here in the state of California. And you go up that way up towards the eastern Sierra Nevadas. There's just all kinds of unbelievably picturesque scenery. I did a trip up there over the summer, and uh, we I stopped over at what was called Alabama Hills, which is just outside of Lone Pine, and another spectacular place where the Hollywood filmed a lot of old westerns out there. Um, but just a really neat 
zone. And so when I was watching the movie The Big Country last night, I was looking at it thinking, man, that seems like the Eastern Sierras, just with the rock formations and the and the green color trees on you know up near the high desert. And sure enough, it was filmed there. So it was pretty cool. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the big country as we get through this podcast, because there are really some interesting lessons in that movie that really, I think, fit nicely with the topics that we're going to get into. But, you know, today we're, we're going to talk a lot about the baseball scandal in Major League Baseball. We're going to break that down with the cheating scandal with the Astros. We're going to talk a little bit about the Trump um, and the impeachment process. I want to talk about some local issues with our Mayor Steve Voss and then... Um, uh, and then I also want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the Democratic uh, side of the fence with Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, and they're kind of facing off. And now lately it's Bernie and Hillary, and it all kind of fits together in this topic of you know liars, cheaters, and politicians. So let's um, let's get into the the Major League Baseball scandal. And you know this is something that broke um, last week. If you were just to bring you up to speed quickly, if you haven't paid attention, um, the Houston Astros were caught uh, red-handed, essentially stealing signs um, and then relaying those to the batter. Um, so they had an opportunity to understand if it was a fastball or an off-speed pitch that was coming from the pitcher. And they had created this really elaborate situation where they had a guy in center field with a camera and um, you know some kind of binoculars would see the signs that the catcher was putting down between his legs, would electronically transmit that data into the clubhouse behind the dugout, and then a person that worked for the Astros would bang on a... Um, on a trash can if they knew it was going to be an off-speed pitch. So it gave the hitter an opportunity to have a bigger advantage. And sure enough, the Astros hit really well at home where they could pull off these shenanigans. And the conspiracy has grown from there. It, It has now people are making accusations that some of these players had electronic devices underneath their jersey. And, you know, when you saw the video replay of Jose Altuve, when he hit the home run to win one of the games in the ALCS against the Yankees, um, he was coming back to home plate, you know, walk off win. And normally the players will tear jersey off. And Altuve was being very careful, telling his players, his uh, teammates, don't tear off my jersey. You know, and he was given the BS reason. Oh, my, my, I'm shy and I might get in trouble. But a lot of people think it might be a cover up for more electronic monitors underneath their uniforms. So uh, this has been incredible because... You know, in the world of baseball, there's always a certain sense of gamesmanship where players will try to steal the signs. You know, guys in the dugout will pick up on on signals. Maybe the third base coach is, is um, giving and then maybe chirp a little bit to the batter to give him a little bit of a hint. Sometimes runners at second base will see what the catcher's doing and then relay a sign back to the player. It's when it's when it's there on the field amongst the players, it's in my opinion, it's part of the gamesmanship um, of the sport, and you see this in you know on, on the NFL field when the when the um, signal caller is calling the plays, the quarterback, you know the the defense is trying to pick up on their signals and and their play calls, and then trying to essentially outsmart the other team. But this went way further. I mean, this was 
surveillance, electronics, um, you know, video. It involved a lot of non-players that were relaying the signals. I mean, it was completely an attack on the integrity of the sport. And I was really pleased to see that MLB took quick action. They suspended um, the uh, the general manager, Jeff Ludlow, and the manager on the field, A.J. Hinch, by the way, who was previously in the Padres front office, they were suspended and then the owner immediately fired them. Um, the Houston Astros also lost multiple draft picks and I think they had like a $5 million penalty. And I, a lot of people said that was really severe and I was thinking to myself, this is not severe enough. I mean, there needs to be more penalties and so far the players haven't been penalized at all. I think with the way the investigation rolled out is that the players somehow were able to get immunity. That's the way it seemed. But um, I, I thought the penalty should have been far more severe because when there is this manipulation of the sport, um, it creates a rigged process and it diminishes the integrity of the game. And you get too much of this and suddenly Major League Baseball turns into, you know, world wrestling with, you know, Hulk Hogan and and, and all of that nonsense. So, um I was hoping they were going to take swifter, uh, more more severe action. Now, interestingly, Alex Cora was in the dugout for the Astros back then in the 2017 World Series when a lot of this went on. He is now the manager of the Red Sox, and the Boston ownership fired him because they wanted to distance, distance themselves from the scandal. And then a player on that team, Carlos Beltran, who was on the 2017 World Series champ, Houston Astros. Carlos Beltran has since retired, was hired by the New York Mets um, in the offseason, hadn't even shown up for spring training yet, and then they had to dismiss him, which I think is smart on, on behalf of the ownership of the Red Sox and the New York Mets, just to get clearance away from this. Um, but it, it's just an incredible situation. And now we're seeing, um, you know, the, the, the LA Dodgers, by the way, lost the World Series to the Astros in 2017. And then the Red Sox under Alex Cora won the World Series in 2018, also over the Dodgers. And so some Dodger fans are going like, what the hell? You know, I mean, both of these teams, one of them we caught red-handed cheating. The other one likely was cheating. Um, What about the Dodgers? And now there's talk, should those World Series trophies be vacated? I think personally, the 2017 World Series trophy by the Astros should be vacated. It, they should lose that as a as a championship. You know, just like Major League Baseball vacated the 1994 World Series. I mean, they just flat out canceled it. But there's other cases in college sports where you know, with USC and SMU, where they have vacated wins. Um, it even happened at the University of Michigan with the controversy with the Fab Four and Steve Fisher was up there. Um, those kinds of um, you know swift action by the the commissioner and, and by the the league office, I think, need to be very severe. Um, in my opinion, I don't think they should give the Dodgers the championship because you got to actually win it. Um, but definitely, I think Houston has to give that up. And I think we're going to find out a little more what happens if the Red Sox are actually cheating as well. I don't know if evidence has come forward on that, but certainly there's suspicion. Um, and then all the while, 
there's old Pete Rose, you know, and and Pete Rose, of course, gambled on baseball. Gamble gambling is one of the cardinal sins in baseball. Again, they don't want players or managers throwing games one way or the other because they want to protect the integrity of the sport. And Pete was given a lifetime ban, which I thought was appropriate. I still think that's appropriate. Uh, but a lot of people are Pete Rose fans and are like, come on, man. I mean, he was betting on his team to win. This was back when he was the manager of the Cincinnati Reds. But, you know, I, I, I liken this whole notion of protecting the integrity of the game, very similar to how I see um, what the government should do in terms of how it manages society. You know, particularly, you know, I talk about this podcast is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's Those are our inalienable rights that are encoded in the Declaration of Independence. And it says there right in the, in the preamble that the federal government is responsibility for securing those rights, securing the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which means, you know, if – if people violate the rights of others, if there's murder, assault, theft, burglary, fraud, you know, any sort of damages where one party is damaging another, well, the government needs to play a role there to protect the integrity of society, to protect the integrity of people's individual rights. Um, and I think if you were to take this down to the sport of baseball, those penalties need to be severe. And they need to be forever, that you can't just get a suspension for a few years. I mean, and they need to be lifetime bans. Um, and so uh, I'm hoping the Major League Office takes similar action with Ludlow, with A.J. Hench, and then p- pending in further investigation with Alex Cora um, and Carlos Beltran, depending on what their involvement was, those those people need to get lifetime bans um, because they either directly were involved in the cheating scandal or they were in a position of authority and chose to look the other way. Um, so cheating in baseball, I mean, you know, as a kid, you know, we look up to these people and, and, and for some of them, there are heroes or role models. And I you know, when Charles Barkley back, gosh, it was about 20, 25 years ago, he's like, I ain't your damn role model. And, you know, he got a lot of shit for that. But really, Charles Barkley was right. Um, you can't be looking up to sports players as heroes. I mean, some of these are famous and you might like some of them, but heroes need to be people of strong character, um, people that have a strong sense of values. Um, Those are the kind of people that I think really should be heroes. And there are some rare cases of people that are like that in history. Um, But, you know, we're all flawed. We're humans. And and no one is perfect. Um, I'm certainly far from perfect. Um, But you have to choose your heroes carefully. And it's it's important that, um, especially when it comes to baseball or any kind of sport, kids naturally look up to that. So kids look up to those players. That's why this notion of setting um, strong ground rules, setting clear boundaries, that if you go over that line, you're going to be severely penalized. And so um, I was pleased to see that Major League Baseball took quick action. I don't think it was severe enough. And Pete Rose needs to be kept on the sidelines, in my opinion. But, you know, you you wonder, why do these people do it? 
you know, these guys are rich, right? You know, even rookies are making like five, six hundred grand a year. But some of these other players that were involved in the scandal are making millions of year uh, dollars a year, tens of million dollars a year. Alex Bregman, the third baseman of the Houston Astros, just signed a six year, one hundred million dollar contract. Um, and there are other players on that team that are making huge money. Um you know, Granke is making far more than Bregman. Uh, Verlander probably is making more than Bregman. Um, so there's a lot of really wealthy players. And you're thinking, why would you need to stoop that low to actually cheat? And usually it comes down to very, you know, a very s- short list of things when people do this. In my opinion, it's usually money is involved at some level. Um, power is involved at some level. Ego is involved and maybe and closely tied to ego is perhaps a lack of self-esteem. Yeah, these, some of these guys cheat and and because it helps them get these big contracts because there's so much money involved in baseball and professional sports. But the, there's a there's a, um, a second side to this. The cheating has resulted in these players getting advantages, which means that they're hitting more home runs, hitting more extra base hits. That's damaging to the pitcher. The, the, some of those pitchers have lost their jobs, have been demoted, have been cut. Maybe they were going up for a new contract and they had a number of bad games against the Houston Astros and suddenly it blew up their ERA or they lost more games. And then now they're taking, you know, they're not getting the full value of what they really bring to the table. So um, money plays a role in this. And if these players are getting big contracts as a result of this cheating, they're not only cheating the game, they're not only cheating fans, you know, of the of the integrity of the game, but they're cheating the opponents who are really losing money, losing career opportunities because of it. That's why these these penalties need to be so severe. Um, but then it also, like I say, ego or lack of self-esteem. It, these are cases where people, maybe they just don't have confidence in themselves. They can't say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to beat this pitcher on my own terms. I'm not going to compromise my own values. I'm going to show integrity to myself um, and I'm going to battle on a level playing field. Um, but I think some people, maybe they have self-doubt. They um, don't trust themselves. They don't have um, an, an inner belief in themselves, which is shocking if you're playing at the highest level of Major League Baseball. But I think a lot of these guys, when they resort to cheating, that's part of it. You know, they, they within them, they're lacking that that self-esteem. Um, and as we go through some of these other examples, which I'll share, it always comes down to these ones. It's money, it's power, it's ego, it's self-esteem that are usually the reasons why people resort to this kind of cheating. But, you know, right now in the news, I mean, everything on the news is about President Trump and the impeachment. And I've purposely not commented much on the impeachment trial, mostly because um, everyone else and their brother is covering it. And and I like to keep more of my commentary local or statewide or San Diego or even here in the Poway, Rancho Bernardo, Carmel Mountain Ranch, Rancho Penasquitos, Forest Ranch, Saber Springs area. I like to cover this, but I'll, I'll say a few words on the on the whole Trump thing. Um, I mean, dude is 
<laughs> a huge liar. I mean, even if you're a Trump supporter, you got to be real. This guy is a huge liar and he's a cheater. And we can count countless cases of this, um, you know, where he, he's I mean, he campaigned on saying I'm going to pay off the debt in eight years. And the national debt has increased like three trillion on his watch. He said he was going to build a wall. Mexico is going to pay for it. And who's paying for it? We are. Taxpayers are paying for it. Um, he campaigned on universal health care. He hasn't delivered that. He campaigned on ending the wars in the Middle East, but instead he's sending more troops in. I mean, I, and we can make a, that list can be a mile long of all of the ways that President Trump lies. But no one cares. It's like it's baked into him. Everyone knows that he's a liar. And the people that don't like him don't like him because he lies. And I'm on that I'm on that page, on that team. And there's other people that support President Trump. They know he lies, but they don't care. Like, ah, that doesn't matter. You know, they don't really care that he doesn't have strong character. But the guy cheats as well. I mean, there there are cases of um well, let's just say right off the top, and I've talked about this, about the elections are rigged. When President Trump ran for election in 2016, he was like saying, ah, the elections are rigged, essentially trying to put himself as the underdog. But in reality, the elections were rigged for him. The elections are rigged for the two primary parties and any independent candidates, third party candidates have to overcome huge obstacles to be able to compete at, at, for any kind of a statewide or national office because elections are rigged, which is essentially cheating. Um, they're rigging the game for certain parties and not for other parties, not unlike what the Houston Astros were doing. Um, but even President Trump has gone on and, you know, and in some of his construction projects, he's he shorted, you know, some people, not paid them and and then say, hey, sue me. And then they don't sue him. You know, there's a lot of cases where he has screwed over a lot of people. And this is a guy we've elected to be the president of the United States. You know, and, and if there is maybe one position that children are often told to look up to as the president of the United States. How can you see President Trump as a role model? You just can't. And so now this impeachment um, deal is rolling out and we all kind of know what's going to happen. I mean, the House of Representatives held him accountable for abuse of office um, and they had listed a number of legitimate laws that he had broken. And I'm not going to get into the weeds about it, but I'm sure our previous guest, Steve Dow, who wrote the book, 15 Reasons Why People Voted for Trump, I'm sure he can go through the specifics. But the House, you know, impeached him and now it's going to trial in the Senate and, you know, they're playing the game right now. And are they going to prevent evidence from being shown? Are they going to prevent witnesses? Who knows? But it's all a rigged system. We know that no matter what Trump does, the Republicans are going to vote to back him which in my opinion is shameful, but that's just, it's politics and it's more lighting, lying and more cheating. And it's really hard um, to find a politician that I, that I believe has true integrity that really lives according to their own values that doesn't lie or cheat. And I think if you set that, you know, purity test, no one's going to qualify because we're all humans. But there are some that are better than others. And that's why I've often commented about Justin Amash. I've had multiple podcasts about him. I think Justin Amash is is a hero in many ways because he has said 
I am not going to compromise my values, my integrity by being affiliated with President Trump's team. He declared his independence um, and he has called out President Trump for abuse of power um, and was extremely articulate in doing so. Um, I give him huge credit. That took a lot of cojones to do that, um, to stand up in front of his constituents and and proclaim that the leader of his party at the time he was a Republican should be impeached. And then he later left the party and he did so knowing it would harm him, knowing that it would likely lead to him losing the election in 2020. And right now he's behind Uh, right now. I think the Republican candidates seem to be ahead in that race. We're going to keep an eye on it, but um, just remarkable. Now, just a little bit of a tangent here. I'm very pleased that the House of Representatives pushed for impeachment, even though they knew that the Senate likely was not going to approve it. Because for, and this doesn't go just to President Trump, we can go back to Obama and Bush and Clinton and Bush Sr. and Reagan and on down the list. Every presidential administration in my lifetime has seen more and more power shift to the executive branch. And the president and their their branch and all of the huge regulatory state has gotten more powerful and more powerful as Congress has abdicated their power, um, essentially wussed out, wouldn't take hard votes, make tough decisions because they didn't want to be on the wrong side of a deal for fear they would lose their position of power. Power. Remember, we talked about power involved. And so they've punted, and a lot of the uh, power now has gone to the president of the United States. Um, And so I'm really pleased that finally, finally, Congress is pushing back. And they're saying, wait a minute, man, we've got a, a, a system of checks and balances. We've got three branches, three co equal branches of government legislative, executive, and judicial. We've got, um, separation of power. And they're finally stepping up. And one politician that, that talked about this, Ben Sass, he's a senator from Nebraska. You know, he said not too long ago that, yeah, Congress has wussed out. They've punted because they didn't want to take the firm stand. Then um, the president um, and the executive branch has been empowered, which is no doubt. I mean, the All the executive orders and the regulatory action, essentially enacting laws like a dictator, like a king, without going through a democratic process. And then now the judicial branch, which really should be the branch that is not politicized, ends up being extraordinarily politically charged. And we see that in the the nomination process, the judicial hearings for Supreme Court um, appointees. It's incredibly uh, politically charged. So everything is distorted. So the fact that Congress is pushing back, I think is fantastic. Um, but it is shameful to see this kind of normalization of lying and cheating and abuse of power by the president of the United States. And you know, if Trump is not impeached, and he probably won't be, I mean, well, he's been impeached, but he won't be removed from office. You know, he's going to go around like a peacock saying, hey, fully exonerated. Um, and then it just sets the stage for future presidents to get away with more and more crap, to take further advantage of the system, to 
distort the balance of power. And it just moves us further and further down a path where the president is becoming a king. And I don't say that lightly. Um, you know, a lot of the things that happen with executive orders, with um, with uh, um, with the regulatory state, and then holy holy smokes, if the um, the, the if the primary you know the party that wins the White House also wins the House and Senate, then they just rubber stamp everything that the president wants. So it's effectively like a dictatorship, like a king. Um, so Congress has to push back. Even if it's a person in their own party, if they're doing something wrong, they got to stand up for it. They have to show integrity. Um, but you know, Trump. You know, I've talked about him a lot. You know, you know, you think, why does he do this? Why does Trump do it? And like I said, it comes down to the same things: money, power, ego, self-esteem. I mean, we all know money. I mean, he's manipulating the system. It's lining his pockets, violating the emoluments clause in the Constitution. You know, he he's setting up government events at his private property where where people are having to pay to stay there to have events at his private property that puts money in his pocket. You know, I think a lot of people believed in that the reason he ran for president was really to increase his public profile so he could be more financially powerful. But obviously, power, a big part of this, when you're the president of the United States, it comes with a ton of power. They don't want to give up that power, and it fuels the ego. And Trump, of all people, is the guy that is extraordinarily ego-driven. Um, his policies that he enacts, there's no philosophy. There's no rudder. He does whatever makes him look good. You know, the Republican Party used to be for free trade, used to be for constraining spending, used to be for balanced budgets. All of that went out the window when Trump was elected um, because there's no philosophy. There's no rudder. There's no there's no um, kind of boundaries of what the Republican Party stands for and even what President Trump really stands for. Um, so why do they do it? They, he, they do it to, to hold on to power, to stroke their ego. They have in my opinion, low self-esteem. And that's why they got to pump up their ego to do it. So it's just awful. And like I say, choose your heroes wisely, young people. Um, President Trump, a hero? I don't think so. Um, I know a lot of people look up to him. There's a lot of people that look up to the president of the United States no matter who he is. Um, But then there are others that they'll only look up to him if they're on his team or her team. Uh, but I think we have to show more integrity. We have to look at the man or the woman, regardless of, of party. You know, um, I mean, I look at some of our previous presidents and some of them are, are better than others. President Obama, who I, I had strong political disagreements with, I always thought that he was a man of reasonably high integrity and character. He had certain flaws as well. Um, but I can look at it objectively. Um, many people have trouble with that. If they're Republicans, they, ha- they have trouble giving Obama any credit. Or if they're a Democrat, they have trouble giving President Trump any credit because he's on the other team. We have to get beyond the party, the party situation, the, the tribalism that affects us so greatly. Um, but yeah, lying, cheating and politicians. And we're going to get a little bit more into Bernie and Hillary and Elizabeth Warren and even locally here in Poway with Steve Voss. But before we do, one more time, big shout out, PowayStore.com. Come on out there. You got T-shirts, 
drinking glasses, beer style, uh, you know, beer pints, uh, coffee mugs, all kinds of fun things. Uh, the people at PowayStore.com, they're working on some new shirts that I've been told those are going to be uploaded within the next 24 hours or so. So come on out to PowayStore.com. A lot of gear out there that you can pick up. Um, some of them are we're creating here locally in Poway. In other cases, we have affiliates that are doing it. So come on out to PowayStore.com and check it out. Um, all right. So now let's get into... What's happening with the infighting amongst the Democratic presidential candidates? And this flared up last week um, at, after the presidential debate. And remember, a couple of days before the debate, uh, people in Elizabeth Warren's camps had leaked out uh, a story that back in 2018, Bernie told Elizabeth Warren that a woman couldn't win the presidency. And it was very carefully calculated. You could tell when that story was leaked because Warren has been trailing in the polls, coming up to the final debate before the first primary in Iowa. And then that was in the news. And, and of course, that question came up in the debate. And Bernie denied it. Bernie said, I never said that. Uh, and then after the debate, it was very interesting because while on stage, you know, afterwards, while they're shaking hands, uh, Elizabeth Warren approached Bernie Sanders and and said, you just called me, a, uh, Elizabeth Warren said to Bernie, you just called me a liar on national TV. And then Bernie is like, well, I don't want to get into this. And and uh, we'll talk about it offline. And and so, again, uh, now, one of them's lying. <laughs> Either Warren is lying, that Bernie never said that women cannot be president. Or Bernie is lying um, when he denied it. It's one or the other. Uh, my guess is, is uh, most likely uh, Bernie was probably reflecting on Hillary Clinton saying a woman couldn't be elected. Look at Hillary Clinton. And and then I, I'm guessing that Elizabeth Warren must have taken it to mean categorically no female gender could ever be president. Who knows what was said behind closed doors, but definitely one of them is lying. And it's all part of this manipulation of messaging that's going on in the campaign season. Uh, and I, I just a little bit of a tangent. If you saw that clip, the funny part of it, in my opinion, was Tom Steyer. So it's Tom Steyer's over there and he's just trying to buddy up to Bernie. It's like... Bernie, hey, I just want to come by and say hello. And he's just kind of kissing up. Uh, Steyer, why in the hell is this guy even in the debates? What does he stand for? Um, he He's surprising to me. Uh, he's a guy that's got a lot of money and has gotten a lot of exposure, but has no real brand, <laughs> has no real unique differentiating position. He says he's the only candidate that says climate change is his number one issue, but if you ask any of the other candidates, climate change is going to definitely be in their top five. But he is, unlike all the other candidates, they have a very clear brand. Steyer doesn't. What I think is happening with him and, and some of these others, they know they're not going to win. So they're just trying to be friendly with who they think will win so that maybe they can become the secretary of state or the secretary of, you know, uh, uh, the interior or of commerce or something. They're trying to get on the cabinet. Um, and and it's all part of the game. But again, just the lying. Um, and then and then just recently, uh, Hillary Clinton back in the news, she just said 
um, that she, you know, she was basically calling out Bernie and just saying, you know, he's a bad guy. No one likes him. And, you know, when he was in Congress, uh, he, he's been there forever, but he's never gotten anything done. And, you know, essentially calling him out, you know, because he is he's like a commie. He's a socialist. He's a, a democratic socialist. But, you know, he's a collectivist to a far greater extreme than many of the other Democrats. Um, so a lot of the so-called mainstream Democrats, some people call them corporate Democrats, some call them the moderate Democrats. They don't want to go as far to the to the left. I should use my left hand, go as far to the left as Bernie. Um, but, you know, obviously Hillary's still bitter about 2016, the fact that Bernie promised to endorse her and back her. But then when Bernie effectively lost the uh, nomination, he didn't jump on board with Hillary right away. There's a, still a lot of friction. Uh, but Hillary, the, really, the reason that she didn't win, uh, there, there's a whole list of reasons why she didn't win. But one of them is that I think people see her as a liar, as a cheater, um, as someone that manipulates the process, you know, with the whole and the email thing, you know, people get all freaked out about it. But really what that was about was, you know, she was in denial. You know, she was called out for a lack of security and then she was dismissing it like it wasn't a big deal or just essentially lying about it. And then she had the hard disk cleared or wiped. You know, so it's liars, cheaters and politicians. And again, with Hillary, there's a long list of these kinds of things. And and then, of course, you know, she's m married still sort of, I guess, to Bill Clinton and more lying and cheating and politicians with him, too. So it's interesting how the. In the political, you know, in the, in, the, in the world of politics, you know, lying and cheating has been going on forever. We all understand that. I mean, it's been going since the dawn of time, since certainly throughout the, the history of the United States of America. But why the hell won't people call them out on it? Why won't people see a liar or a cheater and then immediately dismiss them? Um, why do they still keep going back to them? Why with Trump, when he lies, you know, his supporters will look the other way and or diminish it or diminish the lie, say he didn't really mean it or say it was OK or or, you know, they'll they'll say it's a non-issue. Um, why do voters still do that? And, you know, the the way the game is set up, you don't have many other choices. They basically bring it down to two choices. They try to prevent all the other options because if they knew if they expanded the options, the liars and cheaters, maybe they would finally get called out. Um, so it's just nuts. And then even Elizabeth Warren, I mean, the lying and cheating, I and mean, we can go back to her Native American scandal um, where she was trying to claim that as part of her you know, ethnicity in order to get advantage when it was only one 1024th of her DNA. Um, and then even her deal with taxes, you know, she said, oh, we're going to pay for Medicare for all. And we're going to, we're going to do this without raising taxes on the middle class or not even raising costs on the middle class, which is a line of BS. And I broke that down in a previous podcast. So they, all these guys lie, all these men and women, these politicians lie. That's why I'm having so much trouble deciding who to support this election season. That's kind of why I'm hoping Justin Amash runs for president. Because he has far more integrity than any of these other turkeys. Um, but it's just so hard to find it. And, you know, again, why, why does Bernie and Elizabeth Warren and Hillary and all the rest of them, why do they lie? Why do they cheat? It's money. It's power. It's a, a, a fragile, weak ego. 
or it's a lack of self-esteem that they don't they can't just accept the reality they actually have to create these false realities to distort the system to manipulate to trick people or to deny any kind of wrongdoing when they actually have committed wrongdoing so um and and like i said i'm not trying to come off as holier than thou i mean we're all humans we're all flawed i'm flawed you're flawed we're all flawed but when we look to leaders when we look to politicians, whether they're the president of the United States, a senator, a governor, a mayor, um, we want to have that kind of integrity um, to the greatest extent possible. And when we see it being distorted, we have to call them out. Speaking of mayors, let's talk about Steve Voss. Steve Voss, the mayor of Poway, uh, the man in the cowboy hat, you can't miss him. He's a hes a very visible figure. Um, I, like I've commented on him, I think he does a great job uh, with his personal branding, with his marketing. And the cowboy hat is just part of it. It's all part of the aw shucks, uh, cowboy, um, backcountry, horse guy. Um, and he has, you know, and that's in many ways authentic. I mean, that's how he was raised. Uh, but that brand plays very well here in Poway, and he's now running for commit for supervisor for the county of San Diego, representing East County, and that plays very well in East County as well. So, you know, Mayor Voss just got called out, and it was related to this whole water mess in Poway. And you know, we had the infrastructure; um, we had a problem with the infrastructure. Uh, Storm water got into our drinking water. It made some of our water brown and and distasteful. That led to um, the the state issuing a boil water alert, which led to the city passing out cases of water for free since people shouldn't really be drinking their their tap water um, unless they boiled it, which led to restaurants closing uh, for a week, which led to some restaurants having to go out of business because it damaged them so badly. Um, and the part that was particularly a problem was when Mayor Voss was, during the boil water alert, was on television and, and really being a quite a bit cavalier, you know, uh, really being boastful, saying, oh, the water's fine. I'm drinking the water. I'm, I'm giving the water to my pets. And, yeah, okay, it, I understand you're probably doing that. You know, I drank the water to a degree. <laughs> I remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night like I always do to get a sip of water. I remember taking some water from my tap in my bathroom, going back to bed and then realizing, oh, my God, I'm not supposed to drink the water. Um, but uh, anyways, he was um, very cavalier and he was on the television, on the news saying, oh, I'm drinking the water. And, and you know, we had it tested and they did. The city of Poway did have it tested. But as a leader of a city uh, um you can't, he, as a leader, he's been so good with the Poway Habad shooting. And there's been a number of other incidents. He's really stepped up. In this case, he went way over the line. Um, and in the, the state did their investigation. They did a report and they called out local politicians for this, for being um, cavalier, for being boastful, for talking about the water, um, saying it can be drank when, when it really hadn't been cleared by the state, when it hadn't been cleared to allow restaurants to open either. Um, and then he was later called out by the Union Tribune. And it's tricky because um, you know, he's running for, for supervisor. 
And so, and his vote is coming up, like probably in about what six weeks. I think it's the first week of March when the primaries are, are occurring. Um, and there, there is an editorial in the San Diego Union Tribune. In fact, there's two editorials about Voss. There's the one about the water scandal, and there's another one about his interview with the with the Union Tribune to potentially get the endorsement because all the candidates were interviewed. But I will give Mayor Voss credit, and and it was commented on on the. Um, editorial in the UT, Voss had a mea culpa. He admitted he made a mistake and he apologized for the mistake and he vowed to do better. Now, say what you will about Mayor Voss. He's got a lot of supporters. He's got some detractors, but I'll give him credit for that. He shouldn't have gone and, and said the things he said about the water, but at least he admitted his mistake. I mean, how often will politicians deny, deny, deny I mean, that's what President Trump does. Um, and then, you know, the, the media will continue to hound dog him about all these denials. Mayor Voss admitted the mistake. And I think to a large degree, this is going to become old news for him. Um, and he needs it to become old news because he's going to be on the ballot here in about six weeks. Um, but, you know, why does he do it? I mean, obviously... He didn't want to be tainted with a major scandal in the city in which he's the mayor. He didn't want to show that his city had failed in the, with the water infrastructure, the city that, of which he's the mayor. And he's running for supervisor in an election, you know, in, in March of 2020. So clearly he's trying to diminish the problem. Clearly, he really stepped up, you know, passing out water and getting the whole community organized. And I'll give him credit for that. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's money, it's power, it's ego, and it's self-esteem. You know, it's, there's a lot of money involved in politics. You know, if he's the, if he's the supervisor, he's going to have $2 million a year just in his slush fund to be able to hand out to whichever project or organization needs that money. That's going to put him into a very strong position of power, which is going to fuel the ego and you know, if if you've got a fragile ego, you're not going to embrace the reality. You're going to try to distort it. And I think that's what he did. And uh, like I say, he, he at least came clean. That's worthy of credit. But still, you know, this kind of nonsense, it exists on the national level, exists at the state level, even exists here at the local level. Um, so choose your heroes wisely is what I'll say on that. Um you know, I got burned on that myself. Um, in 2016, in the, in the early part of the GOP primary, and I'm never really a supporter of Republicans, but I had been a previous supporter of Ron Paul. And when Rand Paul was first running for president and the his campaign messaging was fantastic. And I talking about, you know, protecting the Bill of Rights and uh, talking about criminal justice reform. And he had a lot of really great positions he put forward. But then the minute he was essentially eliminated from the primaries in 2016. And then he flipped over to support Trump. It's like he went to the dark side. And I need to pick my heroes more closely. I don't know if I'd ever say Rand, I was a, he was my hero, but he was definitely a, a politician I was rooting for. And um, uh, Julie Mason, who is a host on Sirius XM 124, she has a show called The Press Pool. She always said, Never fall in love with a with a politician because they will always disappoint you. <laughs> and she is so right. Don't ever fall in love with them because they're going to kill you sometimes. 
and um, I got bit on uh, on supporting Rand. So that's something. Well, anyways, um, all right. So all this nonsense going on, swirling around, liars, cheaters, and politicians, and okay, what do we do about it? What what, what are we supposed to do? Um, and like I said, I think for for sure, let's let's hold these guys accountable. If they're pervasive liars, liars and cheaters, let's don't vote for them. Just say no. And and if that means that you're going to vote for a candidate that maybe you don't think has a chance of winning, but is more aligned with your views on the issues that you believe has higher moral character, then vote for them. Your one vote isn't going to flip the decision one way or the other. No, no race comes down to one vote. Or maybe it's happened once in you know a million years. Choose your leaders carefully. Don't put up this nonsense. Don't put up with this lack of integrity. But really, beyond politics, um, I keep telling this to my mother because she'll watch, uh, you know, the the cable news and and just get really into it and kind of get worked up about it. And I just say, you know, just disconnect yourself from that. Just focus on your own life. And and granted, you know, I ta- I pay attention to it too. I comment on a lot about this on the podcast. But really, in the end, we have to live our own life according to our own values. We need to replace this obsession with other people and just focus on ourselves. Focus on ourselves living a life of high integrity, of high character, of looking out for yourself. You know, it's to live the best life that you can on your own terms. And in the end, do the right thing. I mean, we have to look inward rather than looking outward at all these other people, at all these politicians, about all this hysteria going on. You know, in many ways, it's manipulation by the media, working people up. You know, uh, we have to look within because we can control what happens within We can't control all that nonsense outside of us. We can't control all the noise around us. We can only control ourselves. So we have to look within. Um, And I talked a little bit about the movie, The Big Country. And I watched that last night. It's like almost three hours, but it was really good. And uh, it was, like I said, it was was this battle amongst these two clans. They were ranchers and they were fighting over this territory in, in a neutral position that had, had a, uh, a river that the cattle could use, you know, to drink water. And there was a feud that went back many years, not unlike the Hatfields and the McCoys to a degree. And then uh, Gregory Peck's character was supposed to marry the daughter of one of uh, those families. Uh, but he was a man of extraordinary character. And there were certain things he did in that movie that I thought were just fantastic that I really liked. And I think it's aligned with this. Like one of the things he said, or the, one of the things he did is he didn't want to get suckered into fighting a fight on other people's terms. And a lot of times we'll see that, whether it's a, it's a physical fight or it's, a, it's a, f- a battle of ideas or whatever it is, you'll see people will put bait out there and try to entice you to fight. But a lot of times they're putting bait out to get you to fight in a battle on their terms rather than your own. He would never take the bait. And I thought that was really, really good because he 
he was really, he would say, if I get into this fight with this other person, what does it prove? Does it prove anything? And, you know, he, he would go on to say, you know, it don't, it don't care what other people think about you. You know, just stay true to yourself and, and don't amplify these foolish battles because when you do, you just empower the enemy. So I thought it was a very special role that Gregory Peck played in this movie, The Big Country, because rather than getting sucked in to this, this feud, getting sucked in to the personalities of people um, that were you know, other characters in the show, including some of the bullies in the show, he kept a distance. Um, he didn't let himself get pulled into the gutter. You know, what's, what's that uh, saying? Uh, don't ever get involved in a fight with a pig. Um, they, it, they just pull you into the mud and the pig likes it. <laughs> so it was a little bit of that in that movie. And I just thought that was really special. So it's almost like with all this political crap that's going on around us. I mean, yeah, let's hold these guys accountable. But let's not get so sucked in that it dominates our lives. Let's continue to focus on what we need to do to live our life to be as extraordinary as possible. Um, so what a great movie that was. Um, again, I love these Westerns. Just uh, I, I, like I said, that whole period of the time between the Civil War and World War I, I, I just think is a romantic period in American history um, because – now, granted, there's a, there's a dark side, which I acknowledge, but you have the westward expansion. You have the um, the building of civilization um, across the continent. You had this unbelievable um, technology that came forward. This is when the railroads and the airplanes and the automobiles and electricity and so many things were invented during that time. The Industrial Revolution, we saw a huge upswing in the standard of living for the ordinary man, just an incredible time. And then it's combined with the beauty and the open space of, of, of the Western United States. I just love these Westerns. Um, again, there's a dark side with Native Americans and, you know, the, the, the reconstruction after slavery. I mean, yeah, I acknowledge it's, it's not all wine and roses, but the parts that I like, I really like. Um, and some of these Westerns really celebrate that. So it's kind of cool. Um, Hey, if you want to talk more about this, check me out on Facebook. I've got the John Riley Project Facebook uh, group. You can subscribe there. Um, you can also join me on Twitter, John Riley Poway. Um, you know, I'm always looking for more people to interview. We had some great interview people or interviewees the last few weeks. The last one, my goodness, um, Pete Murray for Judge. We had a great conversation. Uh, there's an invitation on the table for any politician in San Diego County. To join me here on the John Riley Project, we'll talk about the issues. We'll learn about you and your campaign. Um, an open invite. Um, and whether you're running for school board, city council, mayor, supervisor, you're running for Senate, you're running for Congress, you're running to be a judge, you're running to be dog catcher, you have an open uh, an opportunity here to join me on the John Riley Project. Um, a couple other things. If you really want to help out what we're doing here, and this is, I need your help. We're trying to build the audience. And so share this with a friend. Tell people about the podcast. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and if you feel we deserve it, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, five stars, and maybe a paragraph or so. Letting people know what you think about this project. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. 
Um, but mostly just just share this with others. And, and that would be really great. That would be very helpful for what we're doing here in the podcast. So a closing quote, and I got a great one here. This is from The Big Country. And this is the scene. Um, and it was right after you know, he was he was in he I say Gregory Peck. He played a character, James McKay, and he was engaged to Pat Terrell. And they they had broken off their engagement and they were having this conversation afterwards. And she said to him, don't you care what people think? And James McKay responded. He said, no, you're not responsible for what other people think. Only what you are. Ha, you're only responsible for what you are. You're not responsible for what they think. Those are some good words. And and I'll, I'll be the first guy to admit, especially doing this podcast, I'm putting myself out there. And I, sometimes I get worried or I get kind of freaked out about what do people think. And, you know, I'm sharing a lot of pretty strong opinions in this podcast. Um, but I can't, I can't allow myself to get bothered by that. I just got to really care about who I am and be true to myself and stand up for my own integrity. That's what I'm trying to do in this podcast when I do these solo podcasts. So I hope you're enjoying it. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, I'm going to sign off now. This is John Riley. This is the John Riley po- uh, Project, and this is episode number one hundred and is it six one hundred six? You know, I keep I keep the numbers on these. I guess that's what they do on podcasts. Do you care? I thought it was special getting over a hundred, but now once we're over a hundred, I don't know if it really matters anymore. Um, I may stop counting the episode numbers, but for now, this is episode number 106. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have a great day, friends. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.